You're listening to the UAMS AgeWise podcast, the show that brings you everything you need to know about healthy aging, caregiving, and so much more. Every episode, we share the latest information about geriatric topics and have some fun along the way. Hello and welcome to the UAMS AgeWise podcast. My name is Vanessa Lee and I'll be your host today. So on today's episode, we'll be talking all about Medicare annual wellness visits. Medicare patients are eligible for these appointments once every 12 months and a lot of important things happen during these visits. I'm joined today with Dr. Ivy McGee Blinks. She serves as the primary care section chief for the Central Arkansas Veterans Healthcare System. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to jump right into it because I know you have lots Lots of great information for our listeners. An annual wellness visit is a once-a-year opportunity for you and your healthcare provider to review your medical history, medications, and to talk about what matters to you. Can you tell us what annual wellness visits are? I know we were talking about how there are some misconceptions. Yes, annual wellness visits versus annual physicals. There seems to be a little bit of confusion. Annual physicals kind of have been done away with about 2011. You can still do the physical exam. You'll do that as a part of either the annual uh, wellness visit or in your established clinic visits. So an annual wellness visit is once a year with your patient or your veteran, and you are doing a lot of screening, preventative health screening where you're talking about colonoscopy, prostate, breast cancer screening, cholesterol, blood pressure, all of those comorbidities that can impact quality and quantity of life. Very important because they have more than one uh, pre-existing condition and their family members might not know what their desires are should they get into a position where they're not able to to discuss that or communicate their desires to their family members. So that's why they need to have something in writing in place so that there could be not a lot of confusion and and miscommunication uh, between family members on what those desires are. Now, I know you mentioned preventative screenings. Can you give us more details about what kind of screenings you might receive? If you are, say, a male over age 50, um, we're going to be talking to you about checking your PSA, prostate-specific antigen for prostate cancer screening. Male or female over age 50, uh, colonoscopy. We'll be talking about doing either fecal occult blood testing, where we'll give you a card to take home with instruction on how to go about collecting a, a small stool specimen and sending that information back in so that we can test for the presence or absence of blood in the stool specimen. And then that will direct us further on whether or not you need to get a full colonoscopy screening done at an earlier age. We'll talk about doing um, clinical breast exam, self-breast exams at home for female uh, patients, as well as uh, whether or not you're going to need uh, a mammogram at a certain age. Mammograms are done annually or every two years, depending on the type of insurance a patient may have. Pap smears are done for those female patients who have a cervix, a cervical pap smear versus a vaginal pap smear. Vaginal pap smear for those who have had their cervix removed. And those are done every three to five years, depending on the level of what we call co-testing. That's the presence of high-risk HPV, human papillomavirus. Our patients who are in their 
over age 55, 60, and they're smokers, we do something called a low-dose CT scan of the lung, and we're checking for the presence or absence of masses that might need to have further investigation for those who have had occupational exposure to asbestos or other type of uh, chemical exposures. We're, we're also uh, doing that same type of testing. Uh, we also do depression screening as well. And that's going to involve doing either the PHQ-2 or the PHQ-9. There are a, a series of questions that we're going to ask about mood and appetite and energy and interactions between you and family members. We also do something called the Global Assessment of Functioning. And that kind of tells us how you interact throughout your day. Do you have any difficulty having conversation with family? Do you have any problems you know, getting out of bed in the morning? going about your day? What's your level of functioning? We also do something called the mini mental status exam that we will do when we're checking for dementia or memory issues. And that kind of gives us a little bit of information in terms of orientation and comprehension, long-term and short-term memory that tells us, hey, do we need to perhaps move that patient into the geriatrics clinic? Do we need to let that patient see the neurologist? Do we need to get some type of imaging done? Has there been perhaps some type of cerebral event that maybe the family and the patient did not uh, foresee or did not know had actually occurred? Those are most of the screenings that can occur. What are some other important conversations patients can have during a wellness visit? The other thing that we can talk about during that wellness visit, which a lot of uh, patients kind of shy away from, and I must admit a lot of providers do as well, are the advanced care directives. You know, they don't want to talk about living wills, and they don't want to necessarily talk about medical power of attorney, but those are things that really need to be discussed because that's going to be very a clear plan that is communicated to your primary care team and to your family members about what your wishes are if you're unable to communicate those wishes. It's great to know that the two components of an advanced care plan are a medical power of attorney and a living will. So now we know what kind of screenings can take place at these appointments and about the important conversations patients can have. Now I want to know who is eligible. So in terms of a Medicare recipient, Medicare patients can have an annual wellness visit once every 12 months. So this is basically a preventative plan that has gone over with their provider once a year because those things may change. Things may change in terms of who you decide your proxy may be in terms of your medical durable power of attorney person. The proxy may change. Perhaps the family member or friend that you chose the previous year has themselves become ill or has passed away. And so you might need to choose somebody new and you might need to have that discussion and change that paperwork. Perhaps your thoughts have changed on your living will. Maybe you decided now I want to be an organ or a tissue donor and you didn't say that the previous year. So that's why you need to continue to have those discussions because some of your information and your researching and investigating has changed. Now let's talk about patients who have caregivers. If you have a caregiver, do they need to come with you to your wellness visit? I think, yes, absolutely, they need to be present because that, again, communication is the key. If they are there to, to be a witness to the conversations and in the uh, documentation of the chart, I normally put that the wife, the spouse is present or the caregiver is present. And is a caregiver the same as a power of attorney? 
Not necessarily, no. You could have, say, for instance, and I've had this happen, where the power of attorney was the family member and the family member had hired uh, an agency or, or a nurse, a private nurse, to be that caregiver that provides the medication, that provides the, the bathing, that provides the transportation to the doctor's office, that keeps up with administering the medication and would even record something that, that the doctor is saying so that they can return back home and give that information to the to the power of attorney, which is the family member who did the hiring of that caregiver. So no, not necessarily the same. There's so much information being discussed at this appointment. So what are some things patients should tell their caregivers afterwards? What we have here is we have something called an after-visit summary that we can print. And um, what that's going to include is it's going to have their vital signs for the day, which is height, weight, uh, blood pressure, uh, body mass index. It's going to have a list of all of the medications that were discussed, those that were kept uh, retained and those that were discontinued, a list of all of the, the labs that may have been drawn and maybe if we have any of the results, those would be printed out as well. It would have all of their follow-up appointments, not just with primary care, but with any of the other, if they're going to the eye doctor, going to the cardiologist, going to, to get a colonoscopy done, anything that was ordered that day, any referrals that were made that day, that's all going to be printed on something called the after-visit summary. And a copy of that can be given to the patient, a copy can be given to the caregiver, and that can be shared with the, the POA. So you've had your appointment and you're all done. What's next? Is there anything else that you need to do? Other than very good documentation uh, in the record um, and setting up, a, you're always going to set up a return to clinic appointment and that's either going to be done by face-to-face, in-person visit, VVC, which is our virtual video visits, or through telephone. So you're always going to make sure that there's some type of follow-up visit in place normally for our veterans that, or patients rather, that um, have multiple conditions, say diabetes, blood pressure, congestive heart failure. Yes, you had your annual wellness visit, but now you're going to see that patient either every three months, four months, six months, depending on what their medications are, what their uh, needs are in terms of follow-up labs that have to be done um, because of the medications that they're taking as well as how often they're seeing other specialty clinics and what changes are being made in those different clinics. And are there any more misconceptions about these appointments? There can be because I think that sometimes, especially those folks who come and they think, I'm just getting a physical. I didn't know I was coming to get all of this. I didn't know you were going to ask me all these questions. So the annual wellness visit can be more comprehensive than they expect to receive. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of this great information with us. Well, thank y'all so much. For those of you tuning in, be sure to follow up with your healthcare provider to schedule an annual wellness visit and be sure to discuss directives. If this is your first time tuning in, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all the educational episodes we have planned. You can find all of the information about this episode and our social media handles in the show notes. I'd also like to invite you to leave a review or drop us a comment telling us what you'd like to see in the future. At agec.uams.edu, you'll be able to find free resources and programs that we offer. See you next time.